Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for stopping by. Well, it is that time of season. Now, it could be Halloween's coming up, Thanksgiving, Christmas. But for you out there in business land, it's Q4. It's planning time. It's time to hunker down and think about your plan for 2022. And frankly, if you need to make adjustments to your plan in Q4 of 2021. Now, if you listen to the show, you know I'm a big believer in planning and and hopefully you have taken away some ideas from all the different shows that I have had and that you have done your planning. Now, certainly 2020 and frankly, 2021 was a little difficult to plan. There's a lot of different issues that are going on, especially depending on what kind of industry you're in. You know, if you're in manufacturing, are you having trouble getting product out of China? Uh, Are your costs of getting that product skyrocketed? The latest uh, number I heard was that the cost of a container could be as high as 20 to 25,000. a gentleman we had on the show a few weeks ago is predicting who's in operations, is predicting it getting as high as 30,000. So there's a lot of issues that you have to deal with, not only to get your product there, you know, or if you're in the service business, ultimately you have to look at what happened to your customers. Are your customers still around? Do they have issues? Uh, if you are supplying the restaurant industry, for example, are the restaurants still in business? Are they able to you know, do the volume that they did before? Are they buying the products that uh, they might have bought from you? So you have to really understand your market, not only your business, but your market as well. And whether you need to pivot, whether you need to expand, whether you need to add new products and services, how are you going to continue to grow? right? We don't want to just stay flat. We want to grow. So how are we going to grow coming into 2022? And what are your plans to do that? So that's really where I want to focus today is let's talk about Q4 planning. Now, one of the things that I've mentioned before is planning is great. And we talk about working on your business, not just necessarily in your business, right? You have to set aside time to get together with your strategic leaders, your consultants, whoever you happen to use, to spend time really sorting through and working through your business plan. Where do you want to be? If you want to be somewhere in three years, you want to double your business, triple your business, whatever it happens to be, stay flat. I don't really care, but you just can't drive aimlessly on all the country roads expecting to get to where you're going, right? So we need to have a plan and how we are going to get to the destination that you want to get to. Now, I like to say, look at your three-year mark, and then let's start deconstructing. How can you get there? What is that roadmap? Now, depending on your business, once again, I like to break down sales into three different areas when when I'm looking at growth strategies. And, And it's simple. It's renew, recapture, and acquire. Now, let's look at renewal business. How much of your business that you had this year last year, whatever the cycle happens to be, right? Because your customers may not buy every month. They might not buy every quarter. They might buy every other year. So whatever your cycle happens to be, you need to understand the potential for renewal. They're ordering today. When is the next time they can order? So what is that pattern? What does that pattern happen to be? I have one client 
that they know for a fact that when a customer places a big order and say in 2021, they won't necessarily place a big order again for three years. They'll, they'll add product throughout the next two years, but not a big order. So you can't count on that kind of revenue every year from the same customer. So they know this, this is a cycle. They've been in business for 35 years. They understand their cycle. I have another new customer, frankly, brand new customer, and they're now getting into those renewal orders for their new sales. They're brand new with the new product and services last 18 months. And as they've been picking up sales, they're now starting to see those reorders. So now they can start to do some forecasting on, on those cycles of reordering. So that renewal business becomes very important. So let's say you want to be at $10 million, $20 million, and you know that you can get there by renewing current customers and maybe you can get to 50 percent or 60 percent of your goal just by ensuring that your customers are happy with you that they're buying from you and you get that renewal business right but again that, that's 50 or 60 percent that still doesn't get you to the goal that you want one of the other ones i like to throw in there is about recapture how many how much business have you lost or whatever reason they faded away or they pivoted, is there a way to recapture some of the lost business that you had? Now, only you'll know about reaching out to these previous customers and having conversations to them, trying to understand why they left, why they stopped ordering from you. Did you were you unable to meet delivery? Were, were your, did your prices get too high? Um, you know, it wasn't an impact of COVID. You just couldn't get what they needed. What, whatever it happens to be, can you recapture some of that lost business in a re, in a recapture strategy, even if it's 10% or 15% of the business that you lost that you can bring back in, bring back into the fold, then you have, you know, another step towards your ultimate goal. So whatever that two numbers, the recapture in the renewal business happens to be, let's just pick a number. We'll say 75% of your target goal. That leaves 25%. There's only way to get that, and that's new business. So looking at your strategies for generating new new opportunities for you. Again, now you know your cycle, you know all these other things because you've done your homework, and now you have to determine what's it going to take to capture 25% to get you to your revenue goal. Revenue goal. Is that one customer? Is it two customers? Is it one vertical? Is it multiple verticals? Is it selling one product into one vertical and a different product into the other verticals? This gets back to that planning, that strategy that we want to really think about. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. So I'm just trying to paint a picture of how you can look at your revenue growth and working backwards to figure out where your gaps are and how you're going to do that. I mean, it could be distribution channels, it could be your sales strategies, or, or, or as a direct sales, are you selling through a bar, are you, are you selling through e-commerce? All those different things add up to how are you going to reach your revenue goals, and you have to understand that, especially when you need to acquire a decent-sized chunk of revenue, if you will, to get you to your goal. Now. That being said, we have to factor in a lot of different things. We have to factor the marketplace. What's going on in the marketplace? What external things are going on? Whether it's the political environment, whether interest rates are rising, whether it's getting difficult to borrow money, whether you know businesses are struggling. Uh, as a, there's a lot of different factors 
that can have an impact on your business and the markets that you serve. One of my new clients has to deal with regulations, state reg state and, and city regulations that are banning certain products and, and they have to convince them that their product is different. So there's a big educational component. They have an absolute great product and can solve all these needs, but but people are unaware of it, right? So they have an awareness problem that we need to deal with. While things are going on, people don't totally understand these rules and regulations, and therefore it kind of threw a blanket over everything, and which was a wrong thing to do. So that's an external factor that they have to deal with for growth. Now, we can make a choice, right? Do we avoid the places where these bans are going on and go to the states and the cities where they're not? You know, to, I'll say to get that low-hanging fruit because there's no re the, the resistance there is less for a product like that? Or do we do work a multiple strategy, a short-term strategy to go after, let's say, the states that don't have those bans and then start working on those states that do to convince them that our product is different from the, stuff, from the, the materials that are being banned? Again, those are the strategy and those are the tactics and the implementations that we need again. And we'll, we'll talk about some of that. So I want you to step back and look at your external factor, right? And then you have to also look at your internal operations as well, right? Back to what I was saying, how are you selling? Do you have the people? Do you have the manufacturing capabilities? Can you get the wrong goods? You know, what is happening internally? Do you have the people of a client that is struggling to get people, the, the engineers that they need to execute the sales that they're actually getting, but they can't fulfill because they don't have the people to produce the product? So those are all things that you need to strategize on as you start thinking about your plan for 2022 and what you're going to do with your stakeholders or with your uh, strategic leadership team to pull aside whether you have to leave your office and go on a retreat. I've done that before. That's always fun, but it's a, it's work. What you need to do is work. You need to lay these strategies. You need to test these strategies. You need to look at how they can be implemented to get you to your goal. You can't just wake up one day in, two, in January 1st and say, okay, what's our plan? Because by the time you work your plan, it's the end of the first quarter, and now you've lost 90 days to, to generate opportunities for yourself for 2022. So I encourage you to think about the team you want to put together. So as I said, you need to look at both the internal and external issues that you're facing. So let's start there. What are those key issues in your business that you need to deal with? And again, I talked about some of those earlier, whether it's raw goods, whether it's cost of goods that are going up and now your profits are going down because you can't pass on. The, that increased cost to your customers? Or maybe you can. Did you have a conversation with them? Did you talk about that? Did you let them know that pricing was going to go up? Or did you just have a surprise? Maybe your the, the people you're buying from, the manufacturers that you're buying from are raising their prices and their delivery times are getting longer. So now you got price increases, you get delayed delivery times. And how do you communicate with your customers that this is going to happen, right? What if they need the product immediately versus maybe they need it in six or eight months. So again, that becomes those external issues that you need to deal with in determining the impact for your growth, whether it's 2022 or I like to look at three years or how are we going to get there in three years and what's those um, external and internal factors that can have an, uh, an impact on that. So I want you to think about your short-term goals 
and that could be for the rest of Q4 of 2021. Those short-term goals could be all of 2022, or they could be the first quarter or the second quarter of 2022. I don't, when we talk about implementation and action plans, which I'll do a little bit later, I don't want you to think too far out, right? Because if we, if we learned anything in the last two years, things are changing rapidly, right? We need to be able to react and adjust as, as, as things happen and we need to make a change. And if we're too locked into the strategy and the implementation, we don't have that flexibility. So again, as you're thinking about the implementation side of this, when we talk about that, you need to look at how can you make adjustments if things aren't don't go the way you need to, right? Are you selling existing products in existing markets? Are you selling your existing products into new markets? Are you creating a, a brand new marketplace where you need to create brand new products for a brand new market? How are you going to diversify and to grow and to capture? Now, the one thing that I haven't mentioned yet is the comp your competition. If I've, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times, we don't have any com competitors or nobody that does exactly what we do. And that may be true, but the market may not understand that. So to the marketplace, you're always going to have competitors. And it's important that you understand who they are, whether they're direct or they're, they're peripheral competitors and they're just mucking up the marketplace, right? They're adding confusion. I have a new client and at the end of the day, the reality is they have one true competitor. We found one the other day that I say is actually number two. But in the marketplace, there's at least six other companies that have a similar product, not made with the same materials, not made in the same way, not with all the properties and the features that they have. But potentially to the untrained person, they just all look the same, right? So there's an education. So you have to really understand the total scope of the marketplace in which you're competing to. And we talked about that, that external aspect of competitors. That's the one I hadn't mentioned yet. Because that's really important. I encourage you to spend the time looking at competitors. You know, so many times when we're hired to do marketing on a fractional level for companies, we're brought in and we do a competitive analysis. But typically, in, in most situations, that's the first time a detailed competitive analysis has been done in, in many, at least in a long time, if not ever, as we really dig in. And, and these become tools. They're not just one and done, right? We don't look at it. We say, that's great. I understand what our competitors are doing. We stick it on the shelf and a year from now, we blow it off, blow the dust off it and take a look at it. These are living, breathing documents and strategies and plans that you need to constantly refer to and to look at. Now, one of the things I find from a competitive analysis standpoint is we, we help in many situations build an ongoing structure for competitive intelligence. A lot of times, though, it's assigned to somebody that really isn't the right person. You know, give it to the receptionist, give it to a, you know, a coordinator or a project manager that's doing something else, and they can kind of fill in the gaps. I highly encourage you not only to have a program, but not to do that. Put it, make it someone's responsibility. Give them goals. Give them reporting goals. How do you use this information? Not only gather it, but to use it, to put it into action. So many times when we do competitive analysis, one of the things we're looking for is ways to look at messaging. How are the competitors messaging? What are they saying? Are there gaps in what, they're, what they say that gives us an opportunity to capitalize on that nobody else is? Or maybe it becomes a strong point of differentiation that we can utilize to help 
you know, set my clients up for long-term success. So again, the key issues, what are those key issues? Three, five, whatever they have to be. I don't want you to do 20 because it's impossible, right? Nobody's going to sit there. Uh, somebody told me the other day, they asked a question, uh, you know, how many new business calls do you make in a week? A hundred? And I chuckled. I said, there's just like no way I could, you could do a hundred because if you don't get to everybody next week, you get whatever you didn't get this week, 50, 60, 70, plus another new hundred. So you don't want to bury yourself. You want to have things, those key issues, right? Have your team put those, what they believe they are. What I find a lot of times is your strategic leadership team will find their key issues will be different than yours. And so get them on a wall, right? Write them on a sticky note, put them in categories and sit there and go through as a team to determine which ones are your key issues that you need to work on, right? Well, I've done this many times with some of my clients where I facilitate these situations to help them focus on what are the key issues that we need to address, again, short-term, long-term, internal, external. Then we have to look at how we're going to implement this. How do we get there? What are the strategies that we're going to utilize as we, as we put these in place and then ultimately the implementation to make them happen? Now, what I encourage you to do is that once you have your issues, and you is to break those issues and define them by teams. Right. Assign a team, not just one person, but a team that could be someone, depending on what the issue is for manufacturing, from HR, from operations, whatever those teams are, and let them work on that issue. Right. Everybody doesn't need to work on the same issue. But if you isolate those teams, make someone make one or two people or three people, four people, whatever it happens, be responsible and then solve those issues, come up with those strategies and those action plans in maybe six to eight week cycles, right? So if you have five and you have three teams or six, say, you know, issues that you need to deal with and you assign uh, teams to work on the first three, you know, within the, within two months or four months, you're going to have all of these down. So again, I don't know how big your organization is. Obviously, if you're only 10 people or six people, there's no way you can assign six teams, right? That is the company. So again, you have to make those decisions on how you assign those. But I do encourage it to, to be multiple people, right? So we can have those different perspectives thinking about the program. And at the conclusion with that, you have your action steps and things you need to take on. Now, while that's going on, you is the, the leadership in, in putting your management team and you need to talk about where you want to go in the future. How are you going to get there? This is really a management issue. So while the teams are solving the the day-to-day -day issues that are going on, the management team should be really focused on the future. What What's the goals? What are those future issues that you need to deal with? If you want to expand, you want to acquire somebody. A lot of times the way to expand is, is acquiring a competitor or maybe someone in an adjacent market that adds services to what you're offering, but opens up a brand new opportunity that you didn't have before. Maybe you wanna expand internationally. How are you gonna do that? Do you know all the ins and outs of that? Do you have pricing that you have to deal with? Uh, working with a, a customer right now, we're actually doing their, getting ready to do their competitive analysis, but part of it's pricing. While we focus here on the US, there's a, a pricing model that we're putting together, but will that model really hold up if we move into Europe, if we move into Asia? And so we have to think about 
where are we going to go? And you just can't say today, well, I'm only going to do the U.S. knowing that in three years you want to be in Europe. So we have to take into account to make sure that the work we're doing today is going to help us lead that path to get to where we need to be tomorrow. So it isn't just a, a one and done, so to speak. And really, that's where you're working on those strategies as a management team. And then we're driving those back into the implementation. So now let's look at how do we get there? So the how is, right, that's the, that's the important part. How are we going to get there? And that is where we start to think about what the strategies are to accomplish and, and to counteract or mitigate or achieve whatever those strategies happen to be based on those key issues. So again, not too many strategies, let's say for each key issue that you're trying to solve, maybe three or five, you don't want to go too far out the door and have so many you can't accomplish. But a lot of times we, we tend to want to throw the kitchen sink at it, but at the end of the day, we really can't accomplish all that stuff because it's overwhelming. We have other things to do. We are fulfilling orders, we're doing sales, we're doing marketing, whatever it happens to be. So when it comes to the the planning and the strategic part, we have to make sure that we don't overwhelm ourselves, that the implementation is achievable. Same thing with, with objectives that you're trying to get, right? One objective, not one objective that solves multiple things, right? We want to stay focused and it has to have something that's measurable. So when we think about the strategies, keep them limited, three or five strategies to accomplish what you need to, and then the all important actions. What are the actions that you need to put in place to accomplish those? This becomes very important. It can't just be social media or a website because ultimately you have to understand how your customers are consuming information. How do they buy? If you're in the B2B world, there's so many stats out these days that talk about 85% of a B2B buyer is doing research online before they ever pick up the phone to talk to you. So you, you know right there off the bat, you have to have a strong presence on the web. But are they buying? Uh, one of my clients has now launched their new website, but, but they've added a tremendous e-commerce because they know they can actually get about 25% of their sales from e-commerce. Another client gets 50% of their sales from e-commerce. And so you have to factor, but but you have to know if your customers will buy, right? Why have the big e-commerce store if nobody ever buys your particular products or your service online? Now, especially if you're a service organization, are they really going on? online and buying your service, uh, swiping their credit card for 10 hours or 20 hours, then you have to look at productizing. I mean, even as a marketer and as a fractional marketer, we've productized some of our services to make it so they are just frankly swipeable. Somebody can go in, buy these services and make it really simple, just like a product. So again, how are you going to accomplish these? Then the all important who. Who is responsible? Make someone responsible for executing. Don't leave it in limbo. Make them responsible, not only who, but when. What's the goal? What's the date that they're going to come back with either the finished plan or the, or the actions that they're going to happen? Do they need to talk to other people on the team because some of those actions might overlap? So again, the strategies, the actions to accomplish those strategies, who is responsible and when are they responsible for? If you're thinking about 2022 and I don't have a due date and I'm responsible, my target date isn't until you know May of next year. Well, again, I've just lost five months of 2022, assuming that my calendar year, that 
that I can't be out executing and, and trying to drive revenue. So this is it's like a puzzle. If you think about a puzzle, all the pieces need to be utilized to create the picture. If you're missing a piece, then the puzzle is not complete. So whether you want to use a puzzle scenario or building blocks or whatever it happens to be, what you don't want to be doing is Jenga, right? We don't want to be building a Jenga tower and then someone pulls out one of the blocks and it destabilizes your business because you weren't prepared for it. So again, I like to look at it as a, as a puzzle and the pieces of the puzzle to help paint that picture and ultimately that goal of finishing that and the satisfaction. And I think that's maybe a simple way to look at it. But again, you have to understand, we go back to it, your target audience. Who are they? How do they buy? When do they buy? What are their personas? How often do they buy? Where do they buy? If you're online and they're not buying online, but they're going to a retail store or a wholesaler, then you're missing opportunities. If you're going through a complicated sale where you're someone else is specking your product into their designs, well, now you have multiple people that you need to talk to. You, know, you need to be communicating with the with the design engineer or maybe the contractor, making sure that you're specced in. You got to nurture them along or the plans are being approved by the architect and eventually on to the building owner, for example. And ultimately, your product is selected. That could be a week, it could be six months, could be a year before that happens. So in those situations where you have a really long sales cycle, you have to have those actions that keep you in front of your customers. So frankly, they don't forget about you, but you have to be there, right? Nurturing them along. So there's so many different aspects that it isn't about throwing up a website. It isn't about doing a social media campaign or running a television commercial or radio spot or no matter what it happens to be. And if you've got your customers and, and making sure that they are aware of you at all times. And also you have to look at your customers. I have a, a current client whose customers, frankly, are boomers and they're aging. And there's a new generation of folks coming in and doing the buying. Well, they don't know who my client is, even though my client's been around for a long time. They don't know who they are. So we actually have to have an educational component within our actions to make sure that these new folks coming in can learn about us. Because eventually the people that know about us and love us and buy us, they're gone. And we're creating gaps in our relationships that are going to allow a competitor to slide right in and take those advantages. So as we go into Q4, it's now it's mid-September. I'm actually on the East Coast enjoying a few days off of vacation. But I wanted to make sure I, I got this out because the planning is so important. Uh, there's a statistic I use that 72% of all strategies fail because of poor implementation. Now, the implementation is extremely important. No matter how much time you spend working on the strategies, if you have poor implementation, that's why I'm saying we have to understand the issues. We have to develop the strategies to reach those issues. We have to have the action plans. And we have to put people responsible for the executions to make sure that these are being implemented. But we have to close the loop, right? It isn't just, hey, Ponzi got it done, Ponzi's implementing this, and it's this great and it's wonderful. What are the measurements? How are we measuring our success? What are we looking at? Are we doing email campaigns? Can we look at open rates? Can we look at click-throughs? You know, what are the call to actions? All these things that we need to do. Is it strictly based on revenue? Is it 
how many visits to the website, visits to the website, a particular page on the website, or is e-commerce, how many sales are happening, how many card abandonments do we have? Whatever those measurements happen to be, you have to set those milestones in place early on, especially when you're talking about the action plans and the implementation to make sure that you can measure, adjust, and pivot as necessary. So there's a lot of activity, and if you just take in my 27 minutes at this point in time and talking about this, that's working on your business. If you listen to this, we're working on your business. Hopefully you're getting some ideas, you're sitting down thinking of some of the things that you need to do. Now, time to work in it, right? To get out there and to have these implementations, start putting things in place. There's only three and a half months left of this year. Do not wait until December or January to go on a retreat and start thinking about all this stuff. The time is now. I encourage you to do it now. Take the last few weeks of September, the first few weeks of October, get your planning in place, have your retreat, whether it's in your office, offsite, whether it's in a restaurant, at the beach. One of the things when I used to work in one of the advertising agencies years ago, we actually, when we did planning, we went down to the beach. We sat on a cliff. We had the beautiful water. We could hear the waves. And my entire team sat there for days. We didn't sleep there, of course, but <laughs> for days um, working on plans and strategies because it was peaceful, it was relaxing. It really gave us an opportunity to think. We brought our easels with our whiteboards and, and our flip charts. And and we were very successful in putting these things together. Why? Because we were away from the day-to-day -day stuff going on in the office, day-to-day -day stuff with other clients, and we were able to really think. So I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to take the time in October, love it be September, but probably not, in October, get it planned and start working. That gives you October and November to work through all of this, to have your plans ready and, and in place. So when January rolls around, you can't implement them sooner, that you're ready to go and capture a full year of opportunities for yourself. I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to listen to me today. I am more than happy to have a conversation with anybody who would like to have one to talk about this very topic. Planning and developing your strategies is, is utmost of what I do. To me, that is the most important, all the tactical things that, that execute those, right? The action plans, they got to come later, but because we can't have a strong action plan if we don't understand the strategy and the roadmap and the, thing, the direction that we want to take. So I encourage you to give me a call, reach out, send me an email, connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy to have a conversation about it. This is what I do. This is what I love. And I, I encourage you to uh, take advantage of that. And I also encourage you to continue to listen to the Business Growth Cafe as we head into our fourth year. We're in our fourth year already, and we have a lot of great guests coming up and a lot of great insights and information. So thank you again for stopping by the cafe today. I appreciate your time. And as I always like to say, don't forget to join me here next week at the Business Growth Cafe. Your strategic plans are essential to managing your business's growth. Spend the time to develop a cohesive roadmap to follow to ensure your entire team is moving in the right direction. These plans should take the insights and the brand strategy work you've already completed to help you achieve your long-term business and growth objectives, as well as keep you competitive. These are actionable plans and should include the details of achieving your growth, including tactical implementations, timelines, budgets, and KPIs for success. 
Developing your plan is a team sport. Make sure you include the stakeholders from each of your strategic departments in your organization because everybody in the company is impacted by the success or failure of your plans. The following are six key questions to ask yourself. Do you have a clear understanding about what you're trying to achieve? Number two, what does your brand stand for in the eyes of your customers? Three, why do your customers buy from you? Four, what are your competitors doing? And five, what is your approach to sales? Where are your opportunities for revenue coming from? And number six, how can you differentiate yourself from your competition? Visit theponzigroup.com to learn more. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.